when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps, I am uber excited. Today, we're going to be talking about innovation. Now, I am all about innovation, reinvention, and, and trying to get the most out of everything that we do. And I've got a great guest today. His name is Dan Toma. And he wrote a book called Innovation Accounting. And he's coming to us from way across the pond in Barcelona, Spain. So, Dan, man, how are you doing today? Hey, all good. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Oh, man, it's a pleasure. I am so looking forward to talking to you. So what I like to do is get my audience to know you and how you got started in all this innovation stuff. So can you tell my audience how you went from teaching people how to ice skate and not falling on their butts on the ice to working with corporations and teaching them how to innovate and not falling on their butts in innovation? Good question. Uh, sometimes I'm wondering myself the same thing. <laughs> um, and, uh, and frankly speaking, I think it was more by chance than by design because um, that job you just mentioned, that was, my, that was my student job. I was doing that over, over winter. And the uh, funny story is that after the first season of teaching people how to skate, I made probably one of the best investment decisions in my life. Uh, I bought a new set of rims for my car. So, <laughs> um, and again, I was I was a startup entrepreneur back then. And according to my family, the only real job I had was when I was a product owner for a major telecommunication company. Hmm. And I think that's that's when the whole journey down this corporate innovation path started because. Uh, I essentially went into this corporation, headhunted because of my startup experience. They wanted to essentially build products like the startups were doing. And after three weeks, I decided to quit. And I went to my to my boss and I said, hey, man, this, this is not working out. The way you guys build products is just backwards from the way we build it in the startup world. And uh, he was laughing there and said, well, that's exactly why I hired you. Uh, I ended up staying three years with that particular company. Um, and uh, throughout those three years, besides building some really cool products, changing a bit their internal innovation process, I wrote my first book, The, the Corporate Startup. Uh, but as I was writing that, I always knew that I want to write a new book, uh, specifically looking at how to measure innovation. And uh, yeah, probably four years uh, after the launch of the of the first book, the corporate startup, I think it's about four years. Uh, we just launched now uh, innovation accounting, which is squarely looking at how do you measure innovation, uh, because we believe that essentially, if you want to get better at something, you need to start by having a good measurement system, right? If you if you're if you're trying out for 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 a triathlon, if you want to get better at skating, if you want to do a professional sport, or even if you want to lose some weight. You need to have a good measuring system from a scale to a Fitbit to an Apple Watch, whatever, whatever it is. You have to have something that's keeping track of your progress. And uh, we hope that innovation accounting is going to do that for the innovation effort within, within a lab, within a corporation, within a large organization, essentially. 
I love it. And I agree with you 110%. I mean, I think measurement and having, you know, obviously you can have too many KPIs. You want something that's simple, that's easy, that's measurable, that tells you how you're doing. But I think the first thing we have to kind of dive into is help everybody understand what is innovation. Can we put a definition to this? Because I think innovation has a different flavor, different meaning to everybody. You know, innovation. Yeah. Innovation with your kids is getting them to eat vegetables, you know, <laughs> right? Um, you know, but innovation in a corporation, you know, it's almost like when I worked at at and it felt like we were trying to turn around a, you know, an aircraft carrier when we're trying to act like we're driving a gunboat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. That's uh, it's very that's a very good remark you just had there, Brian. Because essentially, the first chapter in in our book is about defining innovation. And uh, as you very well said, um, innovation means a lot of things, a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, what we encourage everybody to do is before they start measuring innovation is to have a very clear definition of what innovation means for their organization. And these things cannot be transferred from one organization to the other. If you work for, for AT&T and now you switch jobs and you went to, to T-Mobile, for example, uh, you can't just import that definition of innovation because obviously T-Mobile will probably have different ambitions regarding growth for innovation will have different uh, macro contexts and micro context, micro, micro context as well. So um, again, these things are not transferable from, from one company to the other. You have to put in the work to define that. Uh, the way we, we approach in both the, the first book in the corporate startup and now innovation accounting, we say that innovation is something new that has a sustainable business model. It's very important to have a sustainable business model on top of something new because otherwise, if you just have the novelty bit, you have an invention. Um, you just made something slightly better or you've just created, let's say, a new compound. But if there is no market for that particular compound, if there is no product, uh, if people are not buying it, then you just have a great invention. Innovation is the moment when somebody actually goes and buys that, that compound. And throughout history, there's been many stories of this. I mean, look at the mouse that we all use today. Right. That was an invention by, by Xerox Park, and that was sitting in the lab, and they gave the IP for $100 to Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was able to build a sustainable business model on top of the mouse, and that became an innovation. Mm -hmm. No, that's and that's a great story. And I love the way that uh, kind of ties into what we're talking about. So I think the next thing is looking at, you know, uh, again, innovation is kind of a, a ambiguous amoeba, right? I mean, it's not like, you know, innovation has five steps, you know, there's how do we measure all the different multiple indicators? What are the things that we should be paying attention to? There's, uh, there's a couple of things we can, uh, we can talk about here. First of all, um, in the book, we even say the fact that uh, an organization without any form of uh, innovation measurement is equally doomed as an organization that has too many innovation measurements, right? Uh, because you still won't be able to take any decisions. So it's very important to have, first of all, the right amount of, of indicators that you are tracking. So it's very important to connect those, uh, those particular indicators with the way you also define success in your organization. Essentially, you do innovation because you want to move the needle. 
you want to move the needle in, in terms of, let's say, top line growth or bottom line, regardless of, of your flavor, um, the indicators need to connect to that particular end goal that you have. Uh, the way the way we uh, we propose people to think about measuring innovation uh, within their organizations is essentially on three slash four layers. Um, you want to be able to measure individual teams. Uh, then you want to be able to aggregate the data and look holistically at your innovation funnel. So a collection of teams, essentially. And uh, lastly, you want to measure uh, the overall performance of your innovation system, uh, which means more than just your internal innovation. Also means working with uh, with startups, working with universities, uh, doing the so-called open innovation. Um, I said three, maybe four layers, because sometimes it's also very interesting to measure culture and capability. So that would be the fourth layer of, um, of indicators, if you, if you want. And uh, the beauty about it is that all these things are interconnected. Um, you can't view one layer and just focus on that and view it in isolation of all the other ones. You have to understand that these things need to be in sync and they need to communicate and they need to be mutually mutually supporting. If you want to understand, for example, if, or if you want to influence a certain indicator in one layer, you need to understand what is that connected to upstream and downstream and uh, be able to influence those first. Uh, say, for example, I'm not really happy with the way it takes my company to launch a product, go to market, right? Well, there are many other things downstream, if you, sorry, uh, downstream or upstream, I don't know which one it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, there are, there are other things that are connected to that, that influence it. For example, how fast are decisions being taken or how fast teams experiment. So you can look at those indicators and try to influence those. And then at a certain point in the future, you're going to see that you had an impact on how fast the product um, reaches, uh, reaches the market. Mm -hmm. This is just an overly simplified example of how this, this system works. And uh, again, try to exemplify the fact that this indicator should never be viewed in isolation. Right. And, you know, okay, so when I worked at Arthur Anderson, I used to call it that I worked at the Department of Redundancy Department because we used to have meetings to plan the meetings to decide which donuts we we're going to have at the next meeting. You know, I mean, that was that was the concept of how the business worked. Everything was like very stoic. But I think one of the things that companies have to realize, whether you're a small company, you're working with, um, you know, contractors, whatever, is you have to have a culture of innovation. You have to be able open to people's crazy ideas that may or may not work, right? I mean, you've got to foster that inside of a company in order to even measure it. Yeah, no, uh, 100%. Um, culture is, uh, is an important component. And uh, the problem is there is a big debate now uh, that I, I don't think we're going to solve tonight in this in this. Yeah, call. right. <laughs> <laughs> like, which, you know, you know, the chicken and the egg, it's, it's pretty much the same thing for, for, for uh, culture of innovation. Is it process that dictate, dictates culture or the other way around, culture dictating process? Um, me having a background in engineering, I'll always say that, first of all, you have to change the process for innovation and then a culture of innovation develops. Uh, if you would have somebody else on the podcast, maybe somebody with, with a background in cultural development, they might argue differently. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it's very important, uh, in my opinion, to measure both. Um, you, can't, you can't pick, you don't have the luxury of picking, oh, I'm go just going to measure culture or focus on culture and totally ignore process. 
um, you have to do, unfortunately, you have to do both. Right. And I, it totally makes sense. I mean, yeah, they're, they're hand in glove. There's no question about that. And I think, you know, when you're thinking about innovation, so you brought up something like Apple, you know, Apple's innovation is finding, you know, one is to design something like the iPod or the iPhone, but then the innovation gets down to, well, how do you squeeze all those components in? How do you make the user interface better? How do you bring on manufacturers that do things? So there's so many different pieces to this. And it, I assume it's like a complex machine. So how does somebody get to understand how all of those parts of the machine work? Yeah, that's uh, that's something very interesting. You, uh, this this metaphor, we we've been using it for quite some time, uh, even in even in product development. We usually mm -hmm. view startups or view products as as machines, as as black boxes, if you want. And now we're trying to view organization as this black boxes. Essentially, you want to answer a very simple question. If I, if I put in $1 at this end of, the, of this black box machine, uh, how many dollars do I get on the other end? And uh, how reliable is the machine? Meaning every single time I put $1, I get $1.50 on the other end or $5 or $10. Or is it that I'm putting now $1 and I'm, I get nothing. Next time I get a $5 bill. Next time I get a $100 bill. And then for 100 other tries, I don't get anything. Um, the idea of, of building a system and understanding how your system works is that you're trying to remove this uncertainty from, from how the machine works. You want to be as predictable as, as possible. Again, since, since we're working with innovation, since we're working with uncertainty, since the world is moving so fast, we won't be able to get to 100% accuracy if you want. But the closer, the closer we move towards that 100%, the better it's going to be. For, for us, let's say, innovation managers in an organization, because now we can sit in front of the board and basically make a case for why do I need a 10 billion or 10 million or 100 million dollar budget yearly, because I can always tell them, hey, in three years, we're going to get 30% more. Um, and also, it's going to be great if I am a product owner and I'm able to explain that to my manager. Hey, this is how my, my product works. And if we put in um, $100,000 in a marketing budget now, given our churn, given our conversion, we can expect 150000 or 400000 or whatever it is three months down the line. Uh, but you're not able to do that just by, by staring at the, at the blank sheet of paper. You have to have indicators that are telling you how things are progressing within your system. Um, be it your product or be it the, the overall, let's say, innovation lab of a, of a company. You have to be able to have a bit of like predictive analysis if you want, uh, meaning that if, our, if certain indicators are, are flashing a certain color now, this is what it means for the outcome three months down the line. Again, using the, the, the metaphor of the machine. And that's very important. Again, we're not, we're not expecting to have 100% accuracy in prediction, but we're at least trying to move from 0% accuracy as a lot of companies have nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I just literally got out of a meeting talking about just this kind of thing, but it was from a marketing standpoint. Innovation in, in the case of what we're doing is we're doing, let's put it this way, what they were doing did not work. It stopped working. Okay. So, and again, if you keep doing the same thing, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and expecting different results. So it didn't work. So they needed to innovate. They needed to change what was happening. 
when we talk about the indicators, I mean, the indicators really are exactly what you're talking about, how the machine worked was they needed an outcome and that outcome was sales. And we knew exactly what it was. And we put money in and we needed X amount of sales to come out of it. But the thing about the machine is there's multiple pieces with this. We have Facebook ads, we have social media, we have email marketing, you know, each one of these pieces are working as a machine together to drive people into a system that convinces them to make a call to start the sales process. So all of that just totally makes sense when you look at it from that big picture. I think what you've done is really put together a neat package. Does that sound similar to what you're talking about? It's, it's exactly that. It, it translates one-to-one -one almost to, to innovation. Um, basically, I always encourage organizations to start by defining their future first and then work back from the future. Because what's happening in, in a lot of organizations at board level, the way they view the future is that they look at what they have today and they start building their path for the future, looking at what they have today in their bag. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's good, right? And at least we're not, we're not saying something outlandish or we're not proposing something outlandish to the stakeholders. But then again, this is just going to result in incrementally improving the current situation, uh, which in the world that we currently live in is not going to be enough. And mm -hmm. we've seen it in the pandemic. We've seen it during the pandemic. We're seeing now as we're getting out on the, of, the, of the pandemic. Uh, what organizations need to do is they need to start from the future, the future that they want to have, and then work back um, and say, okay, what are the actions we need to take today? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you need to connect it a bit with what you're currently having in your bag. So you're not creating this, this like um, outlandish vision of uh, you're going to be I don't know, putting drones on Mars and now you're building pencils. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> but uh, so you have to have a certain degree of realism if you want in, uh, in your approach. But nevertheless, uh, you need to start from what do you want to get and then work your way back and try to understand how do you measure every step of the way. And you're going to realize that your vision from 10 years from now or five years from now can be actually validated where at least you're going to know you're on the right path with some indicators you can measure next week or next month or next quarter so mm -hmm. you don't have to wait 10 years and realize oh yeah i guess we're not on mars yet right great points and totally makes sense so what i like to do to kind of wrap all this up is talk about some success story or success stories that you have that kind of explain how the system works and shows the outcomes do you have some yeah, 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 no, um, I have two organizations I'm very proud of. And again, I was very fortunate to, to work with them at that moment in time. Uh, there's, there's a bank in Norway called the DMB. Um, they are essentially the biggest bank in Scandinavia. And just last year in August, they were voted the most innovative company in the region. Um, and I say that I'm, I was very lucky to work with them because they were already on a transformation journey when, uh, when they called us in to help them build the innovation system. Uh, and their transformation journey had a very simple and very catchy phrase. Uh, I think the CEO, the ex-CEO came up with it. And it was something along the lines of, we want to be a software company with a banking license. 
And again, remember, this comes from an organization that's about 100 years old, and they've always been a bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, this was a great vision, but putting that into practice meant a lot of things, including innovation, obviously. Innovation was a big chunk of that. And uh, the, way, the way we obviously approach this, try to build a system. And part of that, that particular system was a, um, was a system of metrics. Um, the way we're approaching it is that we were looking essentially, our main KPIs were around time to market. Uh, how fast can we get products out? Because they were known for being a very slow organization. And um, we were able to reduce a lot the cost of innovation and the time it takes for them to launch something from the moment an idea is created, the moment it's in the market with customers. Uh, we were able to reduce that significantly. I'm, I'm not holding any numbers back, but I just can't remember them from the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea was that um, in retail banking, for example, they were able to try out new strategic options every eight to 12 months. Essentially, they were saying, well, we want to experiment, let's say, with banking for wearable devices. And this is something I'm coming up with now. Uh, they were able to start investing in some ideas now and six, eight, 12 months, no more than 12 months down the line, they had enough data about um, wearable devices and banking for wearable. Uh, and they would be able to decide if that is a avenue that's worth pursuing or, or not. Mm-hmm. And how did, they, how did they know that? Well, they had a very good system and they were able to track the performance of individual teams that were going in that particular arena, if you want. Uh, they were able to see if there are customers there, What's the customer engagement like? How much are they making on uh, on every sale? Customer acquisition cost, everything. And if those numbers didn't didn't stack up against their expectations, they would just pull the plug and say, as a strategic alternative for us, banking for wearable devices is not something that we should be investing in over the next, let's say, year or a couple of years. We're not saying this is not important for us. We're just saying it's not important for us now. So we can focus now on other things that uh, seem to be more promising from an, from an indicator's perspective. And uh, pretty much the same approach we had uh, with, uh, with an engineering company also, also in Norway. They're essentially certifying maritime equipment, including large ships like containers, oil tankers, mm-hmm. all that stuff. They're called DMV. Uh, they're also very big on the sustainability. Um, in, in DMV was, uh, was uh, a similar story, I would say, However, the flavor was a bit different because there we looked at the performance of individual teams and then we were aggregating to understand that at funnel level. So essentially we were looking at, let's say, 5, 10, 12 investments that, that they were making in a certain business unit, aggregating that, and we were able to predict what would happen if they would kick off another 10 initiatives next year. We knew exactly when were these existing 12 encountering their biggest blockers for innovation within the the corporate system uh, when are they most likely to be killed and uh, we were able to essentially predict okay if you start 100 initiatives next year that's going to cost you i don't know like 10 million euros um awesome you can expect five of them to reach maturity and those five will most likely give you a top line growth of i don't know how many tens of millions. Is that something you want to invest in your CFO? And he would say yes or no. Obviously, we're trying to improve those numbers, 
through coaching, for capability development, for cultural development, right? Because as I said earlier in the conversation, everything is in, interconnected. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we're always trying to be very, very pragmatic with respect to the, to the investments in innovation. A lot of people that work in innovation treat it as a very romantic field. I used to be that person as well, so I'm guilty of it. But uh, now I'm a bit more pragmatic. I always go from like, show me the numbers, show me this makes sense. And if it doesn't, let's figure out the way in which this will make sense in, in the future. I love the way that you systematize everything because I'm a systems guy, number one. But number two, I think it makes a lot more sense for people. But I think my audience is going to have a lot more questions. And so if they wanted to find the book, they wanted to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, for, for the two books, for Innovation Accounting, they can go to uh, innovationaccountingbook.com. And for the first book, The Corporate Startup is thecorporatestartupbook.com. Uh, as for getting in touch directly with me, I'm on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. I accept people's invites. Just look me up, Dan Toma. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter. Is, uh, the hashtag is Danto underline MA. Excellent. Hey, Dan, man, this has been a blast. Great information. And thank you for coming on and dropping some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps. I so appreciate you and your time. And I look forward to talking with you again soon in the future. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon.